We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to episode number two of What the World Needs More Of. Today, we have a very special guest, Monica Lucero of Monica Lucero Wellness. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And so to get started, Monica, I'd love to know, first question, what do you believe the world needs more of? Well, many things. Um... Gosh, the first thing that comes to mind is the love, right? It all mm. it all comes down to that. But what does that really mean? And what's the practical application? And how do we get there? <laughs> exactly. Um, I've been definitely contemplating a lot on and reflecting on the concept of care and self-care. I'm a wellness practitioner and a coach and help a lot of my clients in discovering their personal wellness practice and what that means. I've been contemplating what is wellness and what is health for about eight years now. Wow. And, um, it's a constant discovery, and I love seeing how it's so unique to the individual. So there's that commitment to self-care that tends to radiate out into all areas of our lives. Um, but it's not until we are aligned with what it takes for us to show up as our best selves mm -hmm. um, that we can offer anything out into the world authentically and without resentment and yep. all of the complication that comes when we're attached to things that are outside of ourselves. So, um, yeah, do you care? Are you are you? paying attention as you go through your day or are you going through the motions or stuck in your emotions um, so that's first and foremost and I think when we dial in that self-care and and can show up fully that we're better able to connect with others we're better able to share um, in an authentic state and that that quality connection is another thing that the world needs more of now. Mm. Um, we've kind of lost some of those traditions of even just sitting down for a meal. So how, how many of us eat dinner, you know, standing over the, the kitchen sink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, or have lunch at our desks and kind of forget to go have the sun on our face and, and laugh with a friend. I, one thing I noticed recently for myself was that my digestion is so much better when I share a meal with someone else. Mm -hmm. That you're talking and you're sipping your beverage, water, wine, whatever works for you. But if it's in good company and it's shared, that um, it's a it's a much better experience for everyone. 
That's true. It, I saw a stat recently that said people in the United States take, and I forget what percentage, a very small percentage of vacation hours comparably to the rest of the world. Um, and, and it's so interesting that people define vacation versus work. Um, and and, and it, it's a contrast versus the ability to have life or living that's so important. And, and to put that as a priority above work or things or projects or stuff. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting. And, and something just to note, you know, we've been hanging out all afternoon with a bunch of stuff going on in all different directions, getting ready for, for the, the ceremony or wedding that's going on tonight by a few friends. And what was interesting is what you're talking about here um, are, are, are things you're really living true to. I mean, I noticed when we were eating, you were kind of thinking through some of the questions that I had, I had mentioned to you. And as you were, though, every time I would talk to you, instead of saying just a minute or oh, hold on, I'm really trying to focus, you just stop, effortlessly let whatever was happening go and, and be totally present in the conversation and, and totally there. And it wasn't something you were necessarily, quote unquote, trying to practice or trying to do. You were just there and, and, and the moment of the conversation, the moment of us, the moment of everything that was happening in the moment was so much more important than things that you were trying to prepare for or do or think about or something else beyond this right now. And, and so I, I think, you know, one concept I love is living it. So people who are actually walking, talking, eating, breathing, moving, what they're talking about. And I think you, you reflect this really, really well. And so w one thing I love to toss out there is kind of the next question which is hopefully we've explained one of your wow factors mm -hmm. but i would throw out there in, in in your perception getting to know a little bit about you i'd love to know what you consider to be one of your wow factors and maybe a few life moments that help shape those wow factors and who you are yeah wow um I'll say there's definitely this uh, kind of adaptability and presence that I've always had that's mm. been a bit of a natural gift of kind of weaving together, having different people and characters in the space and, and being really perceptive. And there's that uh, taking a step back and noticing of my surroundings. So that's part of an introvert nature as well. well. Um, and we forget sometimes the quiet ones are they're observing all. <laughs> um, so it's a cool it's a cool seat to sit in mm. and gives you a lot of perspective. So I think that's one of my natural gifts that I I do bring to the table of just being highly intuitive and perceptive, mm. um, which we all have if we kind of slow down. Yeah. Um, I look at my wow factor as balance. Um, I've explored so many different wellness and mindfulness practices over the last 10 years or so. Um, and I'm still looking forward to an entire lifetime of discovery. Yep. And I realized that when I started out, I was kind of looking for the holy grail of wellness. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you dive into this practice and you're, you know, six months into your year and a half program and you're like, this is the thing. Yep. This is the thing. And life is so much more dynamic than that. Mm -hmm. So you reach a certain point, you've, you know, gathered enough credentials or stamps of approval and mm -hmm. you think you've got it all figured out and then life yeah. happens and you realize 
I'm left to my devices. Let me pull out my toolkit. And um, is this toolkit big enough? Is my toolkit too heavy? Is it cumbersome? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's an interesting concept because we've spent so much time gathering great thoughts and tools and ideas that are supposed to be able to help. And at some point, releasing some of those things and realizing you don't have to carry everything with you all the time for every situation. Yeah. Um, it's, It's a very interesting concept. Yeah. And I've gone through, I've, I've studied, I began with, uh, massage therapy and, uh, craniosacral therapy after a back injury, um, when I was 25, which, um, we can get into a little bit more later and then, uh, discovered meditation and Alexander technique and, um, just really tasted the rainbow Mm. of, of these practices and, and realized that we need different things at different times, different people, are um, working with clients has been incredible in seeing that some people want a more top-down or bottom-up approach. Mm. Some people really need to get into their bodies and feel it viscerally. Other people need to name their emotions because that's the driver and that's the lens from which they experience life. Mm. Other people want to map it out and understand it cognitively. So um, when I say that my wow factor is balance, it's because I keep going around this wheel of what it is that makes us feel whole and present Mm. um, and am in full acknowledgement that our bodies and minds and our connections and our relationships are all one thing. Mm. I really like that. And, and And I like the fact that you said the different ways you can come around that circle and realize all the different parts but watching how people enter at different places because they need a different path to get to that same understanding or experience of of what that balance is in their life absolutely that's really interesting really interesting and so all these different experiences and education points and and learning patterns and techniques and it's really fascinating out of all those different experiences what were maybe one or two that really were transformative to you or something where you experienced and you were like, whoa, I just experienced a different part of who I am Mm -hmm. in that moment. And and I think everything does that for us. I mean, Mm -hmm. take a walk outside and you'll experience a different part of who you are if you're present or not present or you're with someone you love or by yourself. Mm -hmm. I I think a similar fun kind of experience was I went and visited a friend of mine who used to be an old roommate in, in Boston and we went for a run. And about 25 minutes into the run, I asked her, where are we? And she looked at me and she goes, oh my gosh, I don't know. I, I felt so comfortable. I, I didn't pay attention to which way we were going. And I had to explain to her, I'm like, you know, I'm not from here. I don't know where we are right now. <laughs> and sometimes just being with somebody allows you to have space where you can just experience something in a whole new way. Yeah. And and, and those were eye-openings for me where I was like, oh, I have to pay attention to where I'm going in <laughs> life. Otherwise, I w- won't be able to find my way back home in this circumstance. Yeah. Um, and and luckily we had a phone on us. We were Google mapping our way back to her apartment. There's your tools. There's a resource. But that ability yeah. to to enter a whole new situation and have to refine balance and but create yeah. balance for somebody, yeah. just by being there for them. For her, that created balance in a way she could open up and not have to think and could just be. Yeah. I was like, wow. I, I didn't know I, that was a gift you could give somebody. That was kind of eye opening to me. Absolutely, that's beautiful. Just to be able to drop into a space. Dropping into the present and uh, seeing, you know, what creativity wants to come through. And that's kind of the, the whole purpose of this, you know, finding finding your center, finding balance and your wholeness. Um, the, more, the more woo term would be, you know, 
being a clear channel. Hmm. Um, and it really does ring true when we're in these creative states and we feel, we feel empowered to create, which is kind of what we're here for. And when you clear out all the junk around what we think we want um, and, and get clear, I think a lot of people would be building different things. Hmm. I've certainly had that experience. Mm-hmm. There, there's stuff you can build with your head and stuff you can build with your heart. Yeah. Um, and when you use them at the same time, wow. <laughs> magic happens. That's yeah. part of that wow factor Yeah. Is, is when you're able to figure out how to activate both. Yeah. And I think t- for, for a lot of people, all the different techniques you were talking about um, are, are, are really important because they bring apart different parts of who you are and learning how to know which one's leading in that moment and then learning how to activate and, and possibly balance how to, how to kind of stand in between both worlds and know which one's leading right now and which one's really needed mm-hmm. or necessary. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get really good at one or the other and we try to forge through with one of them versus stepping back and allowing one that we might not be as strong as to kind of lead the way. Yeah. And that's interesting for some people because it, it, it's using something that they would perceive as almost a soft or weaker side of who they are and allowing that to lead is is uncertain (laughs) because you know if i did it with my head i could totally make this work but if i do it with my heart i don't know how it's going to turn out yeah and and sometimes that uncertainty is is the realm in which obviously you're going to grow but but a lot of magic happens or like you said how do you do both Mm -hmm. how do you allow both to kind of dance together in that moment and and feel the uncertainty but know it's the right thing and and allow both to guide you through the process it's 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 really fascinating yeah and then I feel like when you are in those clear states, it, it unfolds itself. It's mm. amazing what kind of comes your way mm. when you, you can set an intention and, and say what you're wanting to create and how the world kind of conspires with you. A lot of magic happens in that space. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, I, I love these. <laughs> the next one, next question, the thought, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble in the process? Well, gosh, I mean, the, the first humbling, the first humbling moment, (laughs) um, was, was my, my back injury at, at 25. Mm. Um, and you know, I was, I was young and strong and a yogini and, um, had a solid finance career in the city, um, San Francisco and was walking to work and slipped two discs. Wow, what happened? I had a, a long-term postural issue that was undiagnosed. I just had a, a sway in my low back and, um, and those, those discs were compressed and kind of gave out. So I was flat on my back for three weeks. Wow, um, just mid-step. Yep. Wow. Yeah, luckily I was one block from a chiropractor. What? <laughs> so I hobbled. <laughs> I hobbled to her. <laughs> Holy <laughs> said, moly. I can hardly move. What's going on? Um, so yeah, being being 25 years old and realizing, "Oh my gosh, my body is not um carrying me hmm. in the way that I need it to." was incredibly humbling and I knew I, I knew at that point that this was going to reroute my entire life mm. and and it did I knew I, I was too young to be this debilitated and 
Um, you know, I was in chronic pain for about a year as I was tasting different wellness practices and discovering what it was that I needed. Um, so that was, that was incredibly humbling. Um, that was at age 25. And then I think the second humbling experience was six years later getting uh, diagnosed with Hashimoto's, a, a thyroid disease, mm. um, which kind of manifests in um, like some moody and some, you know, psychosomatic issues as well as lots of food allergies. Um, so I've overcome a lot of health adversity mm. and have been able to offer others guidance of, of how to, how to get through it and listen, listen to and know your own body as a way of getting clear and being able to continue to serve in the world. Wow. It, 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 it's, I'm always inspired when people take something that's a challenge or an unexpected twist that life throws their way and they use it as a way to pay forward yeah. lessons or, or love or insights or stuff to other people. Yeah. Um, not everyone does that. Some people have it happen and then turn into a place where they would say, you know, why me? Why my life? Why do I stuck this way? And it's it's their excuse to be pissed off or angry or frustrated or hurt the rest of their life. Yeah. And and when someone takes it, and I'd love to know your inspiration behind taking something like that mm -hmm. and, and finding a way to use it as, as a source of love or knowledge or, or as a guide for others. Mm -hmm. um, not, again, not everyone does it what was your inspiration to use what happened to serve others versus just use what happened as an excuse why you're out of the game or not trying any longer? Yeah. Well, we definitely all go through. There's this, you know, the why me, of mm -hmm. course, comes up, and mm -hmm. that's only human. That's only natural. And then you realize I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of being tired. I'm sick of feeling, you know, disabled or disempowered. Mm -hmm. And only I can change this. Mm. I have to be fully committed to say, I want a better life for myself and I'm going to do whatever it takes to assure that that happens mm. for myself. So, you know, it's, it's like the, there's the analogy of having the, the inner child and you've got the child and you've got the parent. We have to really nurture and, and parent ourselves mm. to do what is best for us. And once you get past that rebellion, you <laughs> realize, who am I rebelling against? Yeah. Um, and, and what do I need to, to do to be well? And then it's just a commitment and it's practice and having compassion for when we fall down and forget. Mm. So, and, uh, for me, having just so many, so many adverse adversities that I've gone through, um, I'm humbled all of the time. I get these reminders, you know, if I'm doing high impact things that my back speaks up, um, yeah. or if I'm eating gluten, then um, I feel cranky. So, and I don't want to feel cranky. That's mm. not how I want to show up in the world, and that's not how I'm going to be most effective. So, I have to tell the inner child, "No, you can't have the cookie." <laughs> 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 it's interesting how those come for a circle they do <laughs> <laughs> as a child you're like i want the cookie then you get it as an adult and you realize yeah. that internal battle it was never an external thing it was the ability to lead and guide yourself and and those little bar parts of yourself that want something or pull for something uh -huh. but like you said finding the balance to say hey 
you know, which is the best step forward to actually be all of who I want to be, not just a part of who I'm trying to be right now or just feeding it because it feels good versus doing it because it's really the right thing. Yeah. It's an interesting, again, balance to find. Yeah. Very interesting. I love that. So here's a question. We talked about being humble. What about being in a moment of awe? What's an awe-inspiring moment? I think for me, I always find a sense of awe reliably <laughs> every time that I'm in nature. Mm. That's my that's my go-to. And, you know, I could, I could point to people who are living their passion and, I mean, watching a dancer move freely or people mm. in their full creative expression. That's, mm. That always brings me into a state of awe. And I specifically want to bring it back to nature because it's accessible, it's simple, it's where we came from. And I'm always in awe with how the birds know to fly where they're flying mm. and watching flowers bloom in a garden or in the wild and uh, it brings me back to a sense of peace and knowing that the natural cycles of life have carry so much beauty for us that's so true I'm, I'm, I, I love things that fly for some reason it blows my mind the concept of seeing something move through the air so effortlessly whether it's a bird or a plane just the floating and the movement and the ability to guide through the wind patterns and all the things. It's, it's really spectacular. Yeah. I love that. Na nature. Nature itself brings so much magic. If you take time to slow down and be present and balance in that moment and just observe and experience. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talk about observing nature, but there's another thing to experience nature mm -hmm. where you're in it and you're experiencing the expression of what nature is showing us in those moments, whether it's watching a storm or listening to this, the wind move through the, the trees. It's really spectacular. Yeah. I love that. And we are, we are nature. Yeah. And, so and we have our, our breath and our bones and, um, it brings me back to a state of, of oneness. Hmm. That's really neat. What about your greatest fear? <laughs> I think from from personal experience, <laughs> my greatest fear is fear itself, mm. um, which I have. I mean, we've all we've all experienced what fear feels like, mm -hmm. um, and having gone through different kind of somatic therapies and, and a lot of my training, um, I have had the the experience of um, fearing that I would pull my back out again. Mm. And noticing the muscles get tight mm. and going down that train um, of leading to spasm. And I've also noticed how I can change my mind and say, that's not where I'm headed. Mm. And completely reroute the direction into a sense of ease, relaxation, and being totally fine within wow. about 10 minutes wow. of just some relaxation, some meditation. So I've experienced it very viscerally how destructive fear can be in our entire system. Hmm. Wow. That's wild. It, 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 it's so true. The body reacts to it and, and the mind creates it. I, I think someone told me a long time ago, they said the difference between faith and fear is just which part of the 
unknown future you're focusing on sure. and 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 fear is what could happen that you don't want and and faith is what could happen that you do want and neither have happened yet yeah but which one have you locked on to and which one are you feeding and which one are are you now going to create cuz yeah. like you said if you focus on that fear your body starts to create it yeah. it tenses it pulls it tightens it does these things that are now pulling you towards whether you like it or not exactly what you were focused on yeah. And and for some reason that faith or relaxation and breath allows you to calm down into something that is another option that's waiting for you. And is in that flow state, you find a way to get there. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Inside out approach. <laughs> I like that. And a look into the future. Fear, faith, possibilities. What are you excited about for your future? Oh, that's a tough question for someone who practices uh, staying present. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's always a, it's always a question in the Zen practices of um, what's the difference between, you know, the present moment and then how, how can we be present and then get anything done? Mm. You know, where's the, where's the doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I do avoid um, saying I'll be happy when, mm -hmm. and we're very goal oriented, especially in this culture when I, you know, have the house or this title or, or reach this benchmark or goal. Um, but I'll say what I would like to put my energy into for the future and mm. that would I would find exciting um, is increasing awareness within all of us. My, my platform at the moment is, is self-care and wholeness. Mm. And I do believe that we want it, that we all want it, and that there is a future of more awareness, increased compassion, and the ability to connect from the heart and, and bring in that respect and compassion and care for our environment and, and the earth that we are one with. Um, yeah, that excites me. That's exciting. Now, to transition, we're going to jump into the next section, which is, we call it nuts and bolts, which are more things of what we're doing each day. Um, and, and so the first one is, where do you focus the majority of your life each day? Where do you invest the majority of your hours currently? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I used to think it would be, you know, meditating for an hour in the morning and an hour at night, if not all day. Um, and now that I'm in a more balanced place, mm -hmm. there's like, you know, intermittent mm -hmm. meditation just to maintain state. Um, and that food and fitness probably are top priorities. So I'd say fitness, that movement is one of the single most helpful things to maintain a positive state. Um, so even if you only get your heart rate up once a day and mm -hmm. make sure to prioritize that, that that is helpful. Um, it's incredible when you just lubricate all of your joints and circulate all of your blood, how any pain or even thoughts that you're hanging on to somewhere in the body are able to work themselves out. Mm. So having a movement practice and moving your body once a day um, is a really practical top priority. Um, and food, of course, has been a very 
very major focus for me of what are you feeding the tank? What are you nourishing yourself with? And, and knowing what the cause and effect is. Um, if sugar and starches work for you or not and how mm. that affects your mood if you get tired, you know, midday. So um, really diving into and committing to understanding which foods work for you in what balance um, so that's a, that's a major focus for me. I chop a lot of veggies. <laughs> um, and then also prioritization. So I have, you know, highly structured to-do lists and it's not to create an endless list of things that I have to be doing, but because we, we do need a guide. We need to know what we're doing and then rest assured and be relaxed and, and move through our work. And so my, my work is my meditation and I move through the steps, but I know what my goals were because I set them at the beginning of each day. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, and so question, with all these different pieces, um, I, I consider most people to be successful in what they're doing because they're doing it and they're usually doing it very well. Mm -hmm. So in this question, what would be the key to your success in all this? I think patience is huge. Yep. Um, I noticed that a lot of us have really big visions. Mm. And then when it comes to getting things done on the ground, it's a whole other story. Yep. Um, so just having having the patience to really do things one day at a time mm. and, and chip away at that progress and, and be steadfast mm -hmm. uh, that I think our generation has kind of forgotten about. We have so many quick fixes that are accessible. We can experience yep. anything we want through media instantly. Yep. Um, that we forget if if you really commit to something over a long period of time, that it's so much richer and you will reap the, the benefits. It, it's so true. I posted something this morning. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It was uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And it says, what I've learned from Disney CEO Bob Iger is when you're going to do something right with global appeal, it's going to take time, a decade, two decades, possibly yeah. more. Yeah. And I, I think what you're saying, so many people at this point in history are used to things happening so fast yeah. that having the patience to indulge and dive into something for a decade of your life and enjoy that. Enjoy it. There's so much magic that can happen there, and there's so much time to, to learn and relearn and practice and find your balance and find your space of what's just right for you in that moment. Yeah. But so often we want to develop an idea and take it to fruition and have some type of result immediately within the six months to launch or yeah. something that happens. And if you step back and look at whatever it is you're doing, uh, those of you who are listening, the concept of, are you willing to invest a decade or two into it? And, and when, you know, it's a good question to ask when you start, am I willing to do this for a decade? And, and will I still love it a decade from now? Yeah. And, and it, it'll guide you towards things that are worth investing the next 10, 20, 30 years of your life into in a way knowing that, hey, you're going to develop, you're going to learn, you're going to, you're going to find parts of yourself you don't even know existed. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as you do that, though, it's going to bring to life new elements that will now help the decision for the next 10 year path or journey you go on. I really love that, the patience. Now, here's a question. With all of this, what would you say is one actionable tip to help others kind of achieve or experience this kind of success in their life, the patience, that ability to have it, or any other piece? If they were going to experience more balance in their life or more 
of of what we've been talking about what would be an actionable tip they could do each day or not maybe, maybe just once in a while that, w- that would really help yeah i think it's to care hmm. you know and it and again starting with caring for yourself uh caring about what it is that you're doing and creating um if we slow down and, and put more thoughtfulness and more detail and think about the beauty and the impact of what it is that we do, it goes mm-hmm. a long way. Um, and I have definitely experienced a lot more magic in, in slowing down. I love that. Yeah. So slowing down and caring. Caring and committing. And committing. Yeah, say yes. And say, say yes to your yes. <laughs> I love that. Slowing down, really caring, mm-hmm. and then committing and saying yes to your yes, yeah. connecting with what's right for you, and then committing to it and going for it mm-hmm. and following it through all the way to, to where it needs to take you. Yeah, That's cool. I love it. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us and sharing with us. Um, thank you for everyone for tuning in and listening. If you look at the show notes in this episode, you'll have all the links and information to guide you to join Monica on social media, to come and find her website and learn more about what she's up to and everything uh, she's sharing with the world. And just one last thought of thank you for joining us and thank you so much for sharing a little bit of you with us. Thank you. 